Welcome to the La Brea Purveya. I'm your purveyor, Pete Phillips. The world moves fast these days. Last week, I took a little time to myself, got offline mostly, and spent some time with family for Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a little much to take a whole entire week to do so, but at the same time, I figured, what could I miss? Turns out, I missed some very important information about our favorite show. On November 20th, Deadline announced that La Brea is officially ending this season after six episodes, which start on January 9th. Now, I don't know if NBC is going to burn off the episodes and try to really just get them out as fast as possible, like they did last season with the double episodes that came along, or if they're going to stretch it out for six weeks. I don't mind either plan, but I do find it kind of interesting that they are using it as a lead-in to the, quote, hit fall drama found, end quote. This is coming from Deadline. Curious that you would take a show that you're removing from the schedule and put it as a lead-in to the most popular show that's running right now. And so I imagine that's probably what's going to happen. For the first two weeks, we'll get maybe one episode at a time, and then they'll double them up, and then the season will be over, probably well before March. One poster on Reddit, QC underscore 1999, asked, did they tape it already, knowing that it would be the final season, or is there any risk that we couldn't have an end? And while Klutzy Sunshine says that it was widely expected to be the final season, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Hopefully, we'll be able to wrap some threads up. Not all of them. It's never going to happen. But hopefully, we'll be able to wrap some threads up within six episodes. While I do think that the outside community expected this to be the last season of La Brea, I don't know that the inside people did. But I do think that even the inside people probably thought, if it's done, it's done. We're not going to try to fight to take this to another network or to make it a Peacock original or anything like that. And while it's true that it is a bittersweet end, we will lose these connections with the characters that we have made over the last two seasons and last, what, maybe two, three years? And God only knows how everything will be wrapped up within six episodes Previous seasons with 10 episodes couldn't wrap up things that they started. So La Brea leaves us once again going to our imagination. Because that's the only way to wrap up some of these loose ends. You have to kind of go inside and think to yourself, how would this end? How could this make sense? In a way, you are an active part of the show because you have to figure out what's going on. The writers will not provide it to you. And that's kind of exciting media. To that end, I encourage you to look up the La Brea TV subreddit. Once you're there, you'll find a variety of posts, many from people who hate the show, I don't know why they follow it, uh, and many from people who enjoy the show and take part in what I just described, figuring out what's going on. And while you're not going to get a confirmation of whether you're right or wrong, It is kind of a fun thought exercise to try to crack the case and figure out exactly where things could have gone if they kept going. It's true that every person has their own story. And oftentimes when you're writing about a character, you have to come up with an ending. Your character could certainly live on past the ending that you write, but you do have to end it at some point. It can't keep going on forever. Look at any TV series, any book series, 
And you'll find that this is true. So for La Brea, you could look up Psych-Blast on Reddit, and you could find someone who has done just this. They've created a whole life for Ella from La Brea. The show often underutilized Ella, and a big part of me wonders why she ever went in the sinkhole in the first place. I mean, there's a surface reason why that she says, which is she has to go find her sister or something like that. But if a house is burning down and somebody works really hard to push you out of the house to safety, I don't think they actually want you coming back in to save them. I could be wrong, but I'll tell you this. If I ever save you from a fire, I don't expect you to come back for me. The whole point was I wanted to get you out of there. The sinkhole is like the fire, and Ella is the person who was, in a way, rescued from it as Lily. When she grows up into Ella, we end up with a complicated situation. Psych Blast makes several notes about her significance in the show, like she is part of the reason why Gavin was able to get back to 10,000 BC, along with his daughter, Izzy, who is another person who should not have come along in the hole. And in a pretty literal way, she saves Veronica's baby by having Veronica inject the antidote into herself rather than Ella. We also have these complications with Aaron, their guardian, we'll say, at the beginning of the series. The guy worked for the Lazarus Project. Everything's kind of covert and sort of sleazy over there. And quite honestly, Psych Blast goes into a variety of places that I mentally can't keep track of, mostly because I am working on this just after I finished work, and my brain has less power than my phone battery does. The most curious part about the whole thing is Aaron, Veronica, and Lily falling into this, just happening to fall into this sinkhole, right? And some people have suggested that Aaron knew where the sinkhole was going to open, and so he brought the girls to the sinkhole, which is a pretty significant risk, considering that you could have ended up under tons of rubble, or, I don't know, mauled by a prehistoric wolf. And so there is certainly significance to Ella in the show. I think the producers definitely made it a point to give her that purpose. I think her death is unfortunate, but I also kind of didn't mind. And it's not because I didn't like Ella, although I don't know if I did like Ella. I was pretty neutral on her. And I think the reason why is because there's so many other characters in the show. It's an ensemble cast, and it's just too damn hard to keep track of everybody. I think this is going to be the show's biggest challenge going into season three. How are you going to wrap up all the stories and all of the threads of these people that you've brought together. There's just so many of them. I thought it was crazy that they dropped Eve into who knows where in the past or the future at the end of season two. Because finding someone who's lost in time is the premise for an entire series on the network, Quantum Leap. So since we only have six episodes, maybe they'll get very literal very fast. But let's put practicality aside. Psychplast, who reached out to us, by the way, posits that Lucas and Veronica's baby, which was saved because of Ella's actions, could possibly be a key to going home. It could have some sort of energy, and if that's true, and Ella sacrificed herself to save the baby, then that means she definitely did give up a lot so that everybody else could get home. Psychplast kind of loops back a bit into some of the Aldrich things that we've heard. They say that Ella is part of a time loop where things have to play out as they're supposed to. Otherwise, it can cause a rip within reality. 
And this goes back a bit to Time is a Flat Circle, care of Rebecca Aldridge, which is born of Nietzsche, I believe. And it might be Nietzsche, but I don't care because Nietzsche is much more fun to say. And we mentioned this many episodes ago, but we can go with it now. In his work, The Gay Science, Nietzsche put forth this thought experiment. What if some day or night a demon were to steal after you into your loneliest loneliness and say to you, this life as you live it and have lived it, you will have to live it once more and innumerable times more, and there will be nothing new in it. But every pain and every joy and every thought and sigh and everything utterably small or great in your life will have to return to you all in the same succession and sequence. Would you not throw yourself down and gnash your teeth and curse the demon who spoke this? Or have you once experienced a tremendous moment when you would have answered him, you are a god and I have never heard anything more divine? I can't say that I'm a big fan of the way that people write in times that I'm not from, but (laughs) I can say this. The idea of going through your life each moment again and again and again and again makes me want to lean into the second response, which is basically, wow, I had at least one good day that I would like to live again. Of course, that's how I would like to lean into it. More so, I probably would fall back into, okay, this is going to happen over and over again, and this is hopeless, so what am I doing here? Now, If we subscribe to all of this, then it's certainly true that Ella had to go through her process, save the baby, die, save her sister, whatever you want to call it. She had to go through all of these things because she is part of the flat circle of time. And that is what makes me think of one of our other underutilized characters, at least nowadays. And that's Silas. Because Silas wanted to be the disruptor. He wanted to stop these kids from going in 1988, living their lives, growing up, going into a hole to find their families, etc., etc. Which leads us to, yes, I am reading from Wikipedia, P.D. Ospensky, who asks, what is the use of a man knowing about recurrence? You know, time repeating itself over and over again. If he is not conscious of it, and if he himself does not change. Knowledge about the repetition of lives will add nothing for a man if he does not strive to change himself in order to escape this repetition. But if he changes something essential in himself, that is, if he attains something, this cannot be lost. So now we're leaning into Groundhog Day, the movie. As time goes on and Phil Connors goes through the same events over and over again, we start to learn that he needs to change who he is in order to get to February 3rd. As a side note, I'd like to promote my friend's podcast called Groundhog Day is Every Day, except when it's not. Check it out wherever you can find podcasts. It starts pretty soon. And all of that sort of jives with what I believe spiritually, that the theory of eternal return is incompatible with free will. That if things do literally repeat themselves and you don't have the ability to change things, like in the case of Ella, who had to die in order to save her sister and the sister's baby, then your crappy life is going to stay crappy and you're just going to have to go through crap over and over and over again. Now, if we skip Nietzsche and go back to the OG, we are talking about Pythagoras, you know, your favorite theorem writer. Edemus of Rhodes talked about Pythagoreanism with this selection. 
one might raise the problem whether the same time recurs, as some say, or not. Quote, unquote, the same has many senses. The same in form seems to occur, as do spring and winter, and the other seasons and periods. Similarly, we have the same changes that occur in form, for the sun performs its solstices and equinoxes and its other journeys. But if someone were to believe the Pythagoreans that numerically the same things will recur, then I also will romance holding my staff while you sit here and everything else will be the same. And it is plausible to say that the time will be the same. I'm not a great philosopher, guys, but I can tell you this. A lot of times with philosophy, what we do is we ask questions. We don't necessarily answer them. And so when it comes to La Brea, how everything is worked out, the complaint that writers aren't sort of, you know, giving us all the answers, that sort of stuff, I think it's all by design. Maybe it's a pseudo-intellectual design, but it's a design nonetheless. La Brea is making you ask questions and not necessarily giving you the answers. And for some people, that's a fulfilling experience. But for other people, it's totally not. It's like, let me see what happens and then tell me what it means because I'm not here to engage with the art. I'm just here for you to feed me empty carbs and tell me what to think rather than thinking for myself. All of this is sort of coming towards the end of La Brea happening and it is quite a bummer that the show will be over. If I'm honest with you, I'm a little relieved because this podcast can sometimes be a little taxing. But I will say that I will miss the show. And if somebody else was doing a La Brea podcast, it would be fun for me to listen to. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody is. And so you're stuck with me. And hopefully this dummy has helped you understand a little bit about how through Ella and Psych Blast, we can learn that every single character in La Brea has a role and a purpose. Just like how in life, we all have a certain role and a certain purpose. So face each day, do your best, and keep coming back for some more La Brea talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like the show and you want to reach out, like Psych Blast, you can email us at yallheardpod at gmail.com. That is a different email address than I've told you before. The other one wouldn't let us respond to people. If you enjoy what you're listening to, you can listen to more of me and my pal Marissa on our parent podcast to this show called Y'all Heard. If you are moved and stirred in your gut with how freaking awesome this show is, you can also support us at Patreon for as low as $1 a month. I appreciate you for listening. Coming off of Thanksgiving, I am thankful for you. And I hope that you are thankful for me too. Otherwise, I don't know why the hell you got this far in this episode. Don't forget that you are a vital cog in the machinery of time. And even if you are going in a circle, make it a good circle. <laughs>